Welcome. Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. Examining the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church, digging deeper into Scripture, learning what the red letter basics are, what the Lord said, what He meant about what He said, and finding the church that the Lord intended, being the church that the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The porch's mission has always been to restore the priesthood of the believer and to regain the world-shaking influence that the Book of Acts Church had. Because we believe the day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. It's there. It's burning. You can have it if you want it. You can have as much of it as you want it. And if you are here, then I believe that's why you're here. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. Let us know. Um, needs, prayer requests, praise reports, whatever you may need. I may sound a little different because right now I'm on my phone because the speaker app on my laptop did not work. I think I know why, but I'm on the air as far as I can see. And uh, we're here with you. We appreciate your support and encouragement. If you do want to support us, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There are ways to do that. We're going to be changing the ways to do that because we have been working with PayPal for all these years and we're going to have to find another source, another way to do that. And I'm looking into that. And as soon as we have it, I'll let you know. Welcome all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Uh, don't have a specific prayer requests, but the, the porch community needs your prayers. Um, for health and healing, for restorations, for relationships. I'm not going to, you know, A, I don't have them in my notes, so I don't want to just do them off the top of my head. But um, we get together on Facebook and trying to figure out a way to create an online community where we can interact in a safe environment. If I can find somebody to oversee that, I think I may know someone, but we'll see. But the porch community needs your prayers. Each and every member, for whatever reason, the Lord knows the needs. Family members, finances, health, marriages, whatever it is. Father, you know the needs of each and every person listening. Those that we know and those that we don't know. We pray for healing. In heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. We pray that whatever the enemy has done, you would undo. Lord, we are under your coverings. We come to hide under the shadow of your wings. We seek your divine abiding favor in relationship with you as our Abba Father. We ask that your glory shine down upon us. Give us peace. Give us everything we need so that we can glorify you in everything we say and do. We pray for this technology. We pray that the enemy would not interfere, would would not hinder, would not stop anything we are called to do in your name, to set the captives free, to shine the light into the darkness, to to live out Luke 4.18, to bring the signs of the Messiah back into the public, not hidden behind walls or in rooms somewhere. Touch your children, Lord. Touch them. Church, he's your Abba Father. Boy, we are are so off the the rails right now, but that's good. Because when I get off the rails, who knows what I'm going to say. The enemy doesn't, that's for sure. Just cry out to your Abba Father right now. Whatever it is, whatever it is you need, begin to speak to him. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, I need you because just tell him that you love him. Begin to speak. Begin to change the atmosphere and where you are. Bring your family members before them. Bring your loved ones before them. Bring this nation before them. I don't even want to go there right now. Uh, That'll take me completely off track. Um, We need you. 
Lord, we need the power of the cross. We need the healing, holiness, virtue of the blood. We need the manifest presence of the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. We need to shine. We need to drive back this darkness. We need to be who you called us to be, and it starts with us. It starts in our homes. It starts in our lives. From the inside out, we are redeemed. We are born again. We are filled with the creative power of the Holy Spirit that raised you from the dead. Now, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do, do whatever you want to do as you are already doing. Let this word go forth. Let your intentions go forth. Everything I tried to do over the last 45 minutes has failed due to technology, interference, a lot of different things. But Holy Spirit, it's yours. Do what you want. We just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, just say amen. are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Bible should be open. You should be ready. You should be prepared. As you can tell, something's already going on. Tonight could be a change for you. Tonight could be the night you remember that the Lord healed you or gave you revelation or filled with the, with the Spirit. Tonight could be the night that the darkness in your lives is pushed away. The darkness over your family is gone. Whatever it is, whatever you need to be, you can be in Him. Oh, this is not, I'm not doing the military commercial, be all that you can be. Yeshua makes us all that we can be. And we need to be it. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed, that are exposed, are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Darkness is ignorance of God and his ways and being dominated by sin and rebellion. I know what it's like. I lived it. Ephesians 5.11 And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Is SRT, the Supernatural Response Team's foundational scripture. When Joe Citrone and Larry Barrett and myself got together and decided we needed to do something about what was going on out there, people needed help. They needed hope. They needed somebody to be able to turn to in the darkness, turned to when the enemy came in and was doing things that nobody else wanted to deal with. Oh, there are people that want to put on the show, and they want to have the conferences, and they want to sell the books and the DVDs, but they don't want to get dirty. They don't want to go face-to-face, toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with demonic entities, fallen angels, things that had once been worshipped as gods on behalf of their brothers and sisters. Pastors and teachers and preachers and those in the pulpit definitely don't want to get dirty. And you do. You get dirty. You get messy. But this is what we are called to do. What we do is unique and specific, and it's not for everyone. However, all who call upon the Lord should live by its message. Do not participate in the worthless, unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them by exemplifying, 
personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character. Oh my goodness, does the church need some personal integrity? The pulpits and the offices and the, and the business of church need some personal integrity. Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, is the light of the world. And all who follow him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John eight twelve. Yeshua spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's red letter basics right there. That's the gospel. We need to live it. Not just talk it, not just know it, but live it. He says in Matthew 5, starting with verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What you do is a living testimony to the reality of Yeshua, of Jesus, in the world. It is a living example, a testament, testimony, a statement about who the God, the God the Father is. Well, I'm so jacked up right now, I can't even talk. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it was the interference, maybe it was all this stuff, but I am so filled with the Spirit, I could explode. Whew. Hallelujah. The world needs to see Yeshua. They don't need any more movies or TV shows or books. They need to see it walking and talking in you. So how is, can we as believers and his followers do anything but shine the light and live it in a darkened, fallen world? If we do that, the darkness is driven back. Light dispels darkness. You've heard me say that repeatedly over all the years that the porch has been on the air. Light dispels darkness, not the other way around. Darkness cannot overwhelm the light no matter how hard it tries. It must black it out or lose the battle or get the light turned off. And there is how the enemy defeats the church. It tricks the church into turning off the light. We're in a period, I think Monday will be Halloween. October, the whole month of October is Halloween. And we're going to talk about Halloween. I have a, some things I want to say. But here's what I want to ask you to do this Halloween for the next however many days until Monday. Five days, six days, whatever it is. I want you to shine the light and to drive back the darkness. I want you to have nothing to do with the worthless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I want you to share this Bible study with people that celebrate Halloween, whether believers or not. But I'm asking you, do not participate in it. Even more so, I'm asking you to pray against it. I'm asking you to pray for those deceived by it. Folks, we cannot be a friend of the world and go along to, to get along and be a friend of God. James says that's spiritual adultery. James 4, starting verse 4, You are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow. To God, do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand or her stand as an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us 
yearns over us, and he yearns for the Spirit to be welcome with a jealous love. Your Lord and Savior, your Father, is is in a covenant vow with you, a marriage covenant vow, and they are jealous of any other affection that you bestow upon someone or something else in the world. Jump down to verse 7. So be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against them, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you've been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interests, and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. And as you draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieve, even weep over your disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned to grief and your mirth to dejection and heartfelt shame for your sins. Humble yourselves, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. Kneeling down, I am sorry, with a penitent, broken heart will cause him to reach out with his hand and take your hand and lift you up. We need to understand that anything, and not just Halloween, that's an easy one. Halloween is demonic. There's nothing good about it. But there's so many other things that we have dabbled in spiritual adultery with against our relationship with him. This is very close to my heart, having come out of the occult, knowing the dangers, knowing what it can do. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can just feel the sadness in my heart for brothers and sisters that are dabbling in the darkness, in total ignorance, in naivete that the enemy is not going to take advantage of their foolishness. Ephesians 4, starting verse 17. This I say to you, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the fertility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness, with greediness. But you have not learned so in Messiah, if indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Yeshua, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man or woman which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man or woman which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The world is dying around us. The world is hurtling towards judgment, towards the day of the Lord. And we have been given a mandate, and he has delayed things enough so that we can do the job. John twelve forty six. Lord says, I have come as light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If you believe in him, you can't live in the darkness. There's just no darkness for you to exist in. But so many do. And it's so easy, easily done. See, for me, the occult, the new age, the the things that Halloween represents, I have a knee-jerk reaction to. But for so many others who have not experienced what I've experienced or done what I've done or had it done to me, ah, it's no big deal. It's a bunch of candy. We dressed up in some costumes. We have some fun. No, 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 it's not. Romans thirteen twelve tells us, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. That's the day of the Lord. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Put it on. It's a choice. 
Make a decision. Choose Yeshua. Choose to be like him. Choose to do what I'm talking about for your sake, for your family's sake, for the, for the sake of your loved ones. Aren't you willing to fight? I mean, if you were with your son or your daughter or your child or somebody you loved and a wild animal pounced on it, what would you do, run in fear? Most would. They wouldn't know what to do. They'd be paralyzed in fear. I know what I would do. Even if it cost me my life, I would fight with it to the death. It's death, not mine. And I might get hurt and and horribly disfigured. But I'm going headfirst into that battle knowing that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm not even asking you to do that spiritually. Weep and wail and pray. Because you, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what it was for me. I mean, the darkness, where you could see the people in the church saw it. I was enveloped in darkness, and suddenly I was enveloped in light. And he said, hey, come, come live in the light. See, we need, we need to be about the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is obeying his will even when you don't understand it. It's his perfect will. You want Isaac, the perfect will. You don't want Ishmael, the permissive will. Hey, God, I, and you know what? I really want to do this Halloween thing. Uh, you know, I, really, I just really want to do it, okay? And then you go do it. That's permissive will. It never works out well. We're still paying for Ishmael. I'm telling you, when I get to paradise, when I get up there, I'm going to ask where Abraham is, and I'm going to go look at him and very quietly go, what were you thinking? Meshuggah, what were you thinking? I know what he was thinking. I know what Sarah was thinking. I know what Hagar was thinking. But it wasn't what God was thinking. We need to expose the darkness. And that doesn't mean uh, Bible thumping and and yelling and screaming and ugly things. No, no, no. We need to expose it by how we behave, by our love, by our behavior, by the shining of his light in our lives, not by verbally accusing or condemning people. That didn't work for me when I was demon-possessed. It doesn't work. But understand, this is a mindset. This is a choice. This is, they've been so indoctrinated and so ingrained, maybe even passed down in their DNA. That's why the Lord says in John 3, as he was talking to Nicodemus, starting verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Is what you're doing, whether in Halloween or in the bar on Friday night or whatever it is you're doing, is it something that can be seen that you were doing it in God? Well, brother, I was just having another drink and telling them about the Lord. Yeah, no, no, that's not called witnessing. No, they're witnessing something, but it's not the gospel. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And many of our brothers and sisters right now are being foolish. They believe Halloween is harmless. And as someone who came out of the occult, I know firsthand it's not harmless. I know what goes on tonight. I know uh, on Halloween night, I know what goes on in the dark. I know what goes on tonight. It goes on every night. But on Halloween, it's a mandate. I came out of a lifelong bondage to the occult. And I did things that were considered occult practices, not knowing 
That's what I was doing. I thought I was a good person with special gifts, special talents given to me by God. Well, they were given to me by God with a small g, not the God of all creation. Halloween is a satanic high holy day. It is a holiday, holy day. That's what it is. And the inhabitants of the kingdom of darkness, they understand what it is. They understand the concept of contractual agreements better than most lawyers do. They should. They follow one of the greatest legal minds of all time, the devil, the adversary, Hasatan. He knows God's laws better than you do. He knows how the things of the Spirit work, and, and he knew, uses that knowledge to his advantage. And one of the things he knows is Amos 3.3. 3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? You cannot walk with somebody unless you're in agreement with them. And by implication, if you're seen walking with them, you're telling others, I agree with their choices. When Israel walked in sin and rebellion, the prophet Amos gave them that word from the Lord. So if you walk with God, you are by implication in agreement with him. But when you walk with the devil and the kingdom of darkness, you are by implication in agreement with them. It's that simple. There's nothing godly or Christian, if you want to use that term, in Halloween. Now, even though the Roman Catholic Church Christianized it to assimilate the holiday and its practices and its pagan deities into the church, the pagan fall festivals were and always will be pagan. Well, that's why they call pagan fall festivals. And although the Roman Catholic Church did what they did, from the 3rd to the 7th century, its roots are clearly in the Druid religion. You can dress it up however you want, but its roots are pagan. What the church did was they Christianized the, the Celtic harvest festivals, particularly the Gaelic Samhain. It's pronounced Samhain, but it's spelled S-A-M-H-I-I-N. It's a pagan festival. It's the final harvest, celebration of final harvest and death and the onset of winter. And it's celebrated for three days, October 31st to November 2nd. The Celts believe that the curtain dividing the living and the dead during that period of time allowed the spirits of the dead to walk among the living, ghosts haunting the earth. Well, they wouldn't have to do much work now because the veil between the two worlds has poked and been ripped so badly that I don't believe there is much of a veil between the two worlds right now. And I think I know what I'm talking about. It was, Samhain was the, said to be the most important of the fire festivals, according to Celtic scholars, because it, mar it marked this, the Celtic New Year. It was equal in importance to Beltane, which is the Gaelic May Day, and it shared many of its symbolic characteristics. The Encyclopedia Britannica Sisawain, also spelled without the H, spelled S-A-M-H-I-N and S-A-M-A-I-N, and pronounced completely differently. And you know what? I don't know if that's an accident or just a part of the devil's deception to not let you know what it's truly called, but it doesn't matter. It was the most important and the most sinister of the yearly festivals. The world of the gods was believed to made, be made visible to mankind. And those gods, which would of course be demons and fallen angels, played many tricks on their mortal worshippers. So it was a time filled with danger, energized by fear, and full of supernatural occurrences. Well, isn't that what we celebrate in the parties and the movies and the, all the events and the houses and the uh, Halloween Horror Night down the road here? Danger? Energized by fear, supernatural occurrences, sacrifices, and appeasements of every kind were vital. For without them, the Celts believed that they could not prevail over the perils of the season or counteract the activities of the deities. They knew that these deities were not in their favor, so they had to do things to 
counteract that when I'm talking about the blood sacrifices. Oh, people don't want to hear about that. They don't want to see that. I could take you places during the night of Halloween and the day after, and you'd see it. You'd see the carcasses. When I was in Tallahassee, I knew the road to go down, to drive down, and you'd see all the carcasses on the side of the road. Oh, roadkill. Now look a little closer. They're charred to cut up. Law enforcement knows about it. Anybody who's come out of that world knows about it. It goes on that night. Children disappear. Children disappear every day. They don't have to worry about having something to sacrifice. You know, if you watch streaming TV, I'm I'm really just all over the place, but that's okay. Um, if you watch streaming TV, you, you can't run out of crime shows and murder shows and people being cut up or kidnapped and never to be seen again. Well, where are these people going? Are they disappearing into a black hole? I mean, how many people can the animals eat out in those woods that the FBI keeps an eye on those woods? Because they know that something's going on out there. But Halloween is a time that the herders would move their animals into the barns and the pens and prepare to ride out the winter. It was also the time of the harvest. By the way, little trivia here. Do you know why the colors of Halloween are orange and black? Orange is for the harvest and black is for death. So the beginning of the winter period... Things are colder, things are darker, less light. We're about to change daylight savings or whatever you call it. I don't know how that works, but it's not working for me. Anyway, they also believe that during this period of time, the souls who died were returning to visit their homes. So people would set bonfires on the hilltops or relighting their hearth fires for the winter to frighten away these evil spirits. Sometimes they wore masks and other disguises. They dressed up to avoid being recognized by the ghosts that were supposed to be present. That's where the costumes came from, the witches and the hobgoblins and the fairies and the demons came to be associated with that day. They also believed that on that night, during those three days, you could get good intel, meaning divination, on matters such as marriage, health, and death. So when the Romans conquered the Celts in the first century AD, they added their own festival to this called Feralia, F-E-R-A-L-I-A, and commemorating again the passing of the dead and of Pomona, the goddess of the harvest. It's, by the way, it's from Pomona we get bobbing for apples and other fruit-related Halloween connections. So then Christianity becomes popular in Europe, and it becomes the government-sponsored religion, which was the death knell for the church of that time. And it began to conflict with the local pagan cultures and the established customs. So they had to come up with a way. So instead of evangelizing them, they assimilated them. See, in Ephesians, Paul's not referring to Halloween specifically. In Ephesians 5, he's talking about the Bacchanalian rites and the Aleutian mysteries and things that were going on at that time, but they correlate. They were secret, secret heathen rites that were even too shameful to speak of. We make movies about it now. <laughs> and it's no big deal. But that's what was going on. So then what happened was the Roman Senate banished them uh, the, the these pagan rituals, whether Bacchanalian or Celtic or Aleutian, they banished them from Italy. Yeah, that always works. Let's legislate morality. That's always worked. Not. And so all of that went away. But the problem is, according to Plato, the... Uh, Bacchanalian uh, mysteries and rites and celebrations that Paul was talking about. He said he saw the entire population of Athens drunk. But I'm, I'm off the track here. But 
instead of rebuking these practices like Paul was doing, the Roman Catholic Church went in a completely different direction and said, let's assimilate it. Let's make our own holiday to counter it, take what's good and throw out what's bad to counter the influences and provide a Christian alternative. I did the thing with the fingers. Christian alternative, which solved nothing. It only succeeded in Christianizing a pagan ritual, a ritual still pagan, but now that had Christian symbolism. Oh my goodness. Who Was anybody paying attention? I think there were. I'm sure there were men that were saying this is not right. Then the church probably killed them. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? So anyway, the 4th century Christians were appalled by the the Druids and the the celebration of Baal and all this other stuff. So they co-opted the holiday and instead, we're going to make it, instead of a blood sacrifice to animals and to pagan gods, we're going to celebrate the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ and call it All Saints Day. And Halloween, we're going to call All Hallows' Eve. That'll solve the problem, darn it, don't you think? And then in the 7th century, Pope Boniface IV, I have to say it that way, I'm Italian, I can't say it, Boniface, it's Boniface IV, he Christianized Ferelia, established All Saints Day, and then really just squished it all together, which is what I believe the Roman Catholic Church has done with a lot of things, and out popped out All Saints Day and Halloween. And by the end of the Middle Ages, they had merged it all so much that Christians grew lax. They didn't even see the danger in it. They grew lax in their worship of God. And eventually the pagans reclaimed their holiday. During the Reformation, Protestants said, yep, no, we're not going to have any of that, and got rid of all of it. But in Britain, Halloween was celebrated as a secular holiday. And when the colonists came to America, they forbid it. But then when the immigrants from Ireland and some of the other places came during the mid-19th century, they brought their customs with them. 20th century Halloween took off, and now it's one of the most predominant U.S. holidays. And what you say is the drip drip, drip of deceit and deception watering down beliefs until it reappears with a vengeance and doesn't seem like there's anything to stop it. Because death is big business. If it makes money, they're going to do it. Halloween 2022. 69% of Americans which I think is 229 million people are expected to celebrate, $10.6 billion will be spent. The National Retail Federation's annual Halloween Consumer Survey, conducted by Prosper Insights and Analytics, came up with these numbers. They expect it to reach a record $10.6 billion. Last year it was $10.1 billion and was a record. And as I said, 229 million Americans in 37 countries worldwide. According to the National Retail Federation President and CEO, Matthew Shea, Halloween is an exciting time for many families, and that enthusiasm is reflected in the number of Americans who plan to celebrate the holiday this year. As consumers continue to return to pre-pandemic behaviors, retailers are prepared to meet that demand and help make this holiday a fun, memorable one. Golly gee. I added the golly gee. The top ways consumers plan to celebrate include handing out candy that's 67%. Decorating their home or yard, 51%. Go to Home Depot, one of those places right now. You get the roaring of the werewolves and the things that going in people's yard. Dressing up in a costume, 47%. Carving a pumpkin, 44%. Throwing or attending a Halloween party is down to 28%, but similar to last year, one in five plan to even dress up their pet in a costume. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much I could say. The Holy Spirit's grabbing my tongue. Don't you dare. Consumers plan to spend $100 on average for candy, decor, costumes. And Halloween is the fourth most celebrated holiday in America. It's the Eclipse, Mother's Day, Easter, Memorial Day, and even New Year's Day. It follows only Christmas, Independence Day, and Thanksgiving. I just had a curiosity. What are the top costumes for 2022? For children, it's Spider-Man. For their pets, it's a pumpkin. For adults, it's a witch. And a witch appears on all the lists. And devils and dogs and zombies and demons and Dracula and all this other stuff is on there. But yeah, I did that. I did that. I didn't see the harm. But then again, I would it, the harm wouldn't have bothered me because I was living in that world. And just as a trivia thing, if you're ever on Jeopardy, Americans will spend an estimated $800 million on jack-o'-lanterns alone. Oh, you know, the, the face in the carved pumpkin? That's the symbol of Halloween. The light flickering inside of it represents the light flickering over the box, the will-o'-the-wisp or the jack-o'-lantern. Used to guide lost souls and to keep evil spirits at bay. You know what? Out of the millions of Americans celebrating Halloween, 229 million. I'm sure a number of them are pew-sitting people who claim to believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they claim allegiance to Jesus of Nazareth as Lord. They call Yeshua Lord. Or they put up the black cats and and the symbols of Halloween around their house. Oh, it's just candy. I want to remember what America was like when I was a child. Well, I do remember what America was like when I was a child on Halloween. I do remember it. But no matter what you remember, no matter what you think, no matter what you feel, Scripture after Scripture in the Bible speaks strongly against such practices. Second Corinthians 7, 1, Therefore, since these great promises of ours are ours, beloved, Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles body and spirit and bring our consecration to completeness in the reverential fear of God. Maybe you're somebody who's sitting right now gritting your teeth or thinking I'm ridiculous and you celebrate Halloween or you let your children celebrate Halloween. Let me ask you, take a moment. What do you think the Lord feels about that? What do you think Almighty God, your Heavenly Father, feels about that? Well, if you went to Deuteronomy 18, you'd find out how he feels about it. Because when the children of Israel were entering the land of Canaan that God was giving them, he told them, be careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. Talking about human sacrifice, talking about fortune-telling, sorcery, witchcraft, People functioning as mediums or psychics or calling forth the spirits of the dead. He didn't say acting like they were doing it, but they were doing it. He says anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It's because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers. But the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Scripture after scripture, Leviticus. There's so many scriptures. I've covered them here. We used to do a show every um, Halloween called the Cultoberfest. I'm going to do a rewind episode of an Occultoberfest for this weekend. Scripture after scripture, condemnation, this does not represent our relationship with them. I believe that this practice is tied to the fallen, tied to the Nephilim and their demonic offspring, who, by the way, were the ones who settled in Canaan. And you know what? Children of Israel did not listen, and neither does this church. Because in 1848, as spiritism's 
spiritualism arose in America, so did Halloween took off. And spiritualism is the belief that the living can communicate with the dead. The belief in a spirit world and the living's ability to correspond with the spiritual realm goes all the way back to Mesopotamia and Babylon to antiquity and all you have to do is turn on paranormal reality television and see that there are a lot of people that believe this. Even people that I know claim to believe in the Lord believe it's okay. Don't ever think that's what SRT does. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't ghost hunt. We know it's already there. We're there to cast it out, kick its scaly little butt, close the opening from which it came through, declare and decree that Yeshua is Lord, and do what the kingdom of God is supposed to be doing in regards to the kingdom of darkness. We're not there to play games. We're not there to talk to them. We're not there to be nice. We're not there to be their friends. Oh, Richard, you're so rude to the dead. Well, if they're there and talking to me, then they're not where they're supposed to be. And Halloween, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Do it in love. Do it in care and consideration. Halloween is just one of the many fruitless, worthless deeds of darkness that go on in our life every day. But it's a day, it's an event, as Joe and I used to talk about on the show, that seduces a lot of people. It gets a lot of people hooked on the demonic, onto the occult, onto, into the darkness calls them in. You follow that little light looking for whatever it is you're looking for. And I thought about it. What if only 1%, 2%, what if only a small percentage of people were the ones that got deceived? Is that a worthwhile risk? Let's say, uh, you know, 229 million people are going to participate. Is your child worth the risk? Is your family worth the risk? No, it's not. It's not worth the risk. I wasn't worth the risk, but there was nobody there to tell me. It almost cost me everything. It almost cost Joe everything. And we have paid a price. This event is demonic, pure and simple. The reality behind the idols and the images is demonic. Disembodied spirits, demonic possession, remember the dead speaking through the living, forbidden occult practices, blood sacrifice, dark rituals. An event that the Celts believed split the veil. The laws of space and time were suspended and the spirit world could intermingle with the living. Oh, boy, that sounds like fun, Mickey. Harmless fun. Hey, let's do some magic. Let's turn on one of these movies on Disney or whatever, and witchcraft and spiritism and levitation. Oh, let's do magic. What harm can that do? (laughs) Wait and see. The time... Is coming and now is, brothers and sisters, where the enemy is going to make a move, a harsh, blitzkrieg move against the church and your elevated pastors and preachers and teachers that have got their names on their ministries and you act like they know what they're talking about are going to crumble in a direct confrontation with the powers of darkness and the remnant the guerrilla fighters, the Maccabees of the church will be the ones that will take on the fight. So what do we do? Actually, we talked about it last week. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, Food offered to idols, intrinsically changed by the fact it amounts to anything or that an idol itself is a living thing. He says, no, I'm not suggesting that they're living. What I'm saying is the pagans sacrifice the offer to demons, to evil spiritual powers, and not to God at all. 
I don't want you to fellowship and be partners with diabolical spirits by eating at their feast. And here comes the bombshell. Get ready. You cannot drink the Lord's cup and the demon's cup. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the demon's table. Shall we thus provoke the Lord to jealousy and anger and indignation? Are we stronger than he that we should defy him? All things are legitimate, they're permissible, and we're free to do anything we please, but not all things are helpful, not expedient or profitable or wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Yes, grace. God's grace will cover your sin. What Paul's saying is you you can do these things, but you shouldn't. You should choose not to. And what he was saying about the pagan religious meals was that by uniting themselves with the demons that those meals were made to, whether they believed or not, it was an implied agreement. So how is participating in Halloween any different? It's not. And the kingdom of darkness knows it's not. They know that compromise weakens the structure of our beliefs. It weakens our defenses against the enemy. You cannot say you're against something and walk in agreement with it at the same time. Amos 8, 3, 3. Can two walk together unless agreed? You cannot be a friend of the world and be a friend of God's. And the universal construct of the aspect of agreement applies in all these areas. And what you do is you open a door of legal access to things that hate you and want to destroy you. And at that moment, they have a legal right to you until you break that agreement and repent. And what a tragic disaster awaits a society when even the church begins to call evil good and good evil. And we're seeing the results of Isaiah 5.20 today. Either we stand for something or we'll fall for anything. And as I've taught in the past, compromise is contagious and it has consequences. You can't drink of the Lord's cup and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's supper and the supper of demons. So what cup are you or somebody you know drinking from on Halloween? I think the answer is pretty clear. Ephesians 6, 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly in the heavenly places. Knowing that, wouldn't it make sense for them to inspire us to compromise, to water things down, to open the door and let them in? You know the stories about vampires in movies? You have to invite them in. I love, the devil is so slick in what he does. He tells you a little bit of truth, even when he's deceiving you. Now, last week we talked about 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? In what accord, what agreement has Messiah with Belial? Or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Yeah, think about that when you walk into a Halloween party. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If you open this door in your life, I'm calling on you to repent. I'm calling on you to close it immediately or suffer the consequences, and I'm not threatening you. I'm just telling you the facts, knowing this firsthand. If you open the door, the enemy comes in. I mean, think about it. You leave a door open, bugs come in, you know... The enemy's just as slick and quick and just waiting outside of time until you open that door. 
If you don't, I promise you, you'll learn the hard way that everything I've said is true. I know. I spent 32 years walking in the darkness I've described to you here. And I love all these new Johnny-come-latelys that have got the, the TikToks and the videos. And people send them to me, and I'm like, y you've really never listened. But I've forgotten more than this person knows, and I don't say that because I would be glad to have never done the things I did or almost losing my family or separating my soul from my body or causing crowds to move or dealing with demons. No, no, no. I've lived this. But I've spent 34 years walking in the light of his freedom. I've spent 34 years walking in his freedom, walking in the kingdom of God. And I've got more power now than I ever had before in the kingdom of darkness. And during that time, I've helped and ministered to those that have been victimized by this deception. So, brothers and sisters, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Halloween is deception. Deception causes his church to fall and be destroyed. Deception leads to sin and rebellion against the Lord. Deception disables, it hinders, it incapacitates our effectiveness. So stand up to it. And dare, declare and decree in Yeshua's name, no compromise. So Father, I come to you now, your son, your servant, First of all, I'll tell you, thank you for rescuing me out of that darkness. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for giving me back my family. I praise you and I love you and I glorify your name. I worship you, King of kings, Lord of lords, the one who spoke all these things into existence, the one who will come back to judge the living and the dead and will subject them and throw them into the lake of fire and cast Hasatan into prison, into chains, and then after a thousand years, he'll get what he deserves. But until then, Lord, me and my brothers and sisters are going to shine. We're going to shine. We're going to set the captives free. We're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to tell people about your love, your freedom, those that are caught up in the bondage, those that wake up one day and realize what they've done like I did. We'll have hope. We'll be given hope. We are hope. We are the light of the world because of you. You are the light in us, the light of life. I pray right now that this word goes forth to everyone who needs to hear it, that it sets the captives free. And I speak to you in the name of Yeshua, deep down into the hidden darkness, darkest recesses of you. That anything hiding there, anything that has slipped in and hidden itself, waiting for an opportune time in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the one who disarms you, in the name of the one who spoke you into existence, if you are that or if you are a demonic offspring, you are even more subject because you have no power against the name of Yeshua. Leave leave. You came in one way, you're going to leave seven. Set that person free and take everything with you without drama, without trauma, without any lasting after effect, and let them live the life ordained for them. And I pray that if you've heard this clarion call, you will respond in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord, Adonai, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Adonai, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.